So we have been in a sermon series for the past several weeks that we're calling Faith That Works Everywhere. We figure if faith is real, and if it's helpful, if it's good, it shouldn't be compartmentalized into just one little chunk of our lives on Sundays or maybe one group or class, but it should have some impact, and it should work everywhere in every aspect of our lives. That's been the theme we've been looking at for the past few weeks in the sermon series, and today our community pastor, Sarah Firsty, is going to continue that. And so, without further ado, please welcome Sarah. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's nice to see you all. So, yeah, like John said, my name is Sarah. It's my pleasure to speak with you today. I'm going to be continuing our, ser- our series that we've been starting, Faith That Works Everywhere. And I've come to believe that faith that works everywhere is really just faith that actually works. Because if it doesn't work outside these walls, what is the point, right? So last week, Charles spoke about uh, how a centered set approach to faith focuses on the goal, and a bounded set approach to faith focuses on the boundaries, and the difference is in clarifying and defining how it's used, whether for the goal or for the boundaries. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to listen to his talk. It's on iTunes. You can get it on our podcast, or not podcast, we don't have a podcast, (laughs) but we do have an app. (laughs) We have an app or the website. Check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Now, today we're going to continue along the same theme of goals versus boundaries. Because sometimes in life, we wonder if life will work better if we put some boundaries in there. And so today, let's think of these boundaries as the rules we keep in our life. Rules that we follow to help us be the person we want to be or get to the places that we want to go. A rule is a prescribed guide for conduct or action. And whether we're aware of it or not, we have rules in our lives. It might be what got us out of bed this morning. It might be what kept us out of jail last night. (laughs) Or it might be why we're sitting here right now. Some of the rules in our life are externally imposed. They're a part of living in society, uh, created to maintain safety and order, to protect property and rights. Some of these rules we keep and some we choose to ignore. For example, I keep rules that are on signs. I keep off the grass. I stay out. I curb my pet. If I see a rule on a sign, there's a good chance I'm going to follow it. Unless. Unless... Unless it's prohibiting me from bringing my own snacks into a movie theater. (laughs) Do we have any movie theater owners here before I go further? (laughs) This is one rule I have no problem breaking. This is one rule I go at great lengths to break. I've snuck in pizzas. Shake Shack. Burritos. Candy, drinks, you name it, I've snuck it. I know they don't want me to do it. I see 
the sign posted, no outside food or drinks, but somehow I've rationalized why it's really okay. If they're going to charge those prices, they expect me to bring in my own food. One of my favorite things to do on a day off is to go to a morning movie and sneak in an egg sandwich and a coffee. (laughs) And now that movie theaters have started checking bags, this has got a lot more complicated. So I've tried using the layering system. (laughs) I use that leather bag sitting right there. The bottom layer is coffee and egg sandwiches. (laughs) The middle layer is wallet, notebook, makeup bag. The top layer is scarf. (laughs) So you walk in and they say, can I look in your bag? And you remove the scarf and they see your wallet, right? It works pretty well, doesn't it? except for the coffee stains that line the bottom of my purse. (laughs) Rules are everywhere. And the ones that affect me the most are not keep off the grass or speed limits or movie theater rules. It's the rules that I've self-imposed in my life. It's easy to to use self-imposed rules to help me set the course of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Because it seems like there is a rule out there that will make everything in life better. Just this week, here's the articles that I looked at. 10 golden rules of productivity, 21 organizing rules to live by, seven rules for a truly beautiful friendship, 20 rules of work you must never ignore, 10 essential rules for living your best life, and eight great family rules to help any home. I didn't want to stand up here and read a longer list of articles, but I could have given them to you. So a few weeks ago, I started thinking about this idea of self-imposed rules. And it made me want to set a three-minute timer and see what rules I could find in my life and jot them down. Here's a list of what I came up with in three minutes. Drink a smoothie every morning. Watch the blender before drinking the smoothie. Warm up coffee mugs with hot water before filling them with coffee. Kiss John every morning. Read the New York Times daily briefing before doing the crossword puzzle. Exercise at least three mornings a week. Strength train two mornings a week. Make the bed before leaving the house. Don't eat sugar. Don't crowd, rush, or squeeze by the elderly or people with babies when exiting the subway or on the subway steps. Keep a glass of water on my desk, eat a light lunch, answer emails within 24 hours, keep my phone on with, with me at all times, do anything I can to make people feel comfortable, check in with coworkers at the office, don't discuss politics with my aunt, put drinks on a coaster, wait till everyone is served before eating, don't swear, eat only one Shack burger per meal, step outside the office to make personal calls, don't eat a whole order of fries by myself, walk 10,000 steps a day, be nice, say goodbye to coworkers before leaving the office, say yes more than no, take shoes off when coming in the house, avoid white rice, hand wash knives, cover plates in the microwave with wax paper, put away shoes, eat lunch away from my desk, don't burp in public. Don't eat with my mouth open. Listen more than speak. Select the cheapest menu option when eating out. Look people in the eyes when talking. Stay away from candy and sweets in the break room. Always wear earrings. And if there's belt loops, wear a belt. (laughs) 
Isn't that... Do you feel like you really know me now? <laughs> and now... And now it's your turn. Find a pen and a program. If you don't have one, Edith is happy to give you a pen or program. So wave your hand. And we're going to take some minute, take some time. Now, this is a little bit of a competition, so try not to start yet. I'm going to set a timer. Okay? And, and we're going to refer to this later. So, so it would be great if you kind of played along and did this with us. So we're going to take two minutes and just try to identify rules you might have in your life and write them down. Okay? Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. seconds. Right. So now I shared with you some of my rules. Any of you have one rule that you wouldn't mind sharing on your list? So I just want to clarify, you know, I put up this huge list of rules. Am I able to keep those rules all the time? If you know me at all, you can join me in heartily saying, no way. It's not possible. I was pretty shocked at how many rules I came up with. Sometimes I try to say they're not a rule. I'm just living intentionally. <laughs> and some of these rules, though, are silly. Belt loops, belt. Some are meant to streamline my life. Some are mean, meant to bring order. Some rules are handed down from my parents. And some rules point to a greater theme in my life, areas where I feel out of control, where I feel the need for something to keep me going in the right direction. For me, one area in particular where the rule mentality really comes into play is food. I have a lot of rules around food and exercise. They're an example of a theme in my life. These rules feel super, super important for me to follow because I feel like I can't trust myself to take care of my body without them. It seems easier to create a rule than to listen to what's going on in my body and what I'm feeling and to adjust my eating accordingly. 
seems like a lot of work to reflect on and understand my relationship with food. I want rules to replace the work that would be needed to develop that kind of relationship. And if I put enough rules into place, then I don't need to be super self-aware or diligent about developing a healthy relationship with food. I don't have to look at my attitudes, my doubts, my insecurities, my judgments, or my needs. I just follow a rule. But I can't follow rules for long. Or my rules don't work. I don't get the results that I want. So I have to come up with more rules, more stringent rules, or easier rules, depending on the situation. It all boils down to this. Roots, shoots, and fruits. Isn't that clever? (laughs) My rules are meant to help produce the fruits I want to see in my life. The work of those rules, many times, is to get the fruits by chopping down the shoots that don't line up with that goal. In my case, shoots of uh, weight gain are chopped down with rules of a strict diet and exercise. These rules sometimes keep my outward behavior in line, but they don't address the heart. To get the fruits, I've cut the shoots and ignored the roots. And it's the process of tending to the roots instead of freaking out over the shoots that brings the fruits of life in all its fullness. Because God's life-giving work is done in the heart. It's all about the heart. We read in 1 Samuel 16, 17, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That outward appearance isn't just our physical appearance. It's our external actions as well. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This desire to adopt rules to make life work to help set the course for our life isn't anything new. 2,000 years ago, a community faith was doing it right and left. And the Apostle Paul noticed it and wrote a letter to the Galatians to talk about it. I'm going to read you a condensed version of that letter. And afterwards, I'm going to ask you some questions. Here we go. This letter is from me, Paul, an apostle. I greet you with grace and peace. Friends, I'm shocked to hear that you are turning away so soon from God and now following a different way that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. We Jews know very well that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping. How do we know this? Because we tried it. We had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. We became convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. Rather, we are set right with God by trusting Jesus. I know this is true I try, because I tried keeping rules and doing all I could to please God, and it didn't work. 
So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. So to go back now to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would mean abandoning my relationship with God. Answer this. Have you experienced God working in your lives because of your strenuous moral striving or because you simply tried to trust him? After starting your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Rule-keeping does not naturally evolve into living by faith, but only perpetuates in more and more rule-keeping. But by faith in Christ, you're in direct relationship with God and placed in his family. In Christ's family, there can be no division between Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, or male and female. All are equal. We are all in common relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ has set us free to live a free life, so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I am emphatic about this. The moment any of you submits to any rule-keeping system, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion actually amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. What matters is faith expressed in love. And what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Legalism and rule-keeping is helpless in bringing these good things about. Actually, it only gets in the way. Now, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but let's work out its implications in every detail of our lives. So make a careful exploration of who you are and your work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Each of us is an original But don't be too impressed with yourself and don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. To wrap up, can you see the central issue in all of this? It's not what you and I do for God. Rule keeping, trying to meet biblical requirements, following some moral program, none of that matters. It is what God is doing that matters and he's creating a totally new creation. So follow the Holy Spirit. Don't follow the law. Now, my friends, I pray that you will deeply and personally receive all the blessings that our master, Jesus Christ, gives you. Amen. 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 So we're going to take... Yeah, good for Paul. Good going, Paul. So let's take some time and let this passage settle in our hearts. We're going to take a few moments of silence. There's going to be some questions on the screen to help you reflect. Okay. All right. So noticing our rules can help us see opportunities to experience more of God. Because self-imposed rules can be a sign that lets you know your roots need tending. It helps us see the areas where we need God's involvement to bring us to life 
And now that we've started thinking about our rules that we have in our lives and how some might cut the shoots without dealing with the roots, let's think about how we can spot the rules that might be sucking the life out of us instead of leading us to abundant life. So if you have a rule that you're wondering about that maybe is giving you some pause, here's five questions you can ask yourself. First question is, does following this rule affect my self-esteem? If I have a rule about running and I notice that I only feel good about myself on the days that I run, that requires some reflection. Another question, does this rule cause me to be harsh with myself or with others? Sometimes following rules can cause us to beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up if we don't do the rule, or maybe you beat yourself up so you will do the rule. Or maybe it causes us to judge the people who don't follow our rule. The third question is, does the rule take the place of engagement in some way? Rules can make it easy to go on autopilot, and that comes in handy. But over time, it can make life feel like it's full of meaningless obligation. And question four, am I hoping that following this rule will bring me closer to some perfection or ideal? We hope that rules will move us towards a perfect relationship, a perfect career, a perfect body, a perfect home life, or will make us a perfect Christian, but of course we don't say that. We say committed Christian. But faith that works everywhere, for everyone, that brings life in all its fullness, doesn't require perfect. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's facing our fears, our desires, our doubts, our insecurities, our jealousy, whatever's in our heart, owning it, and inviting God right in the middle of it. And the last question you might ask yourself is, does this rule deal with shoots instead of roots? Sometimes our rules don't get to the heart of the matter because we don't know what the heart of the matter is. On the surface... I might think my rule about what I pack in my kids' lunches is based on my concern for their nutrition. But if I dig a little deeper, I might realize it's based on my desire to prove myself that I am a good parent. Is my rule about reading the Bible regularly because I want to interact with God? Or is it because I'm worried he won't bless me if I don't? 
shoots instead of roots? So these five questions can help us take a closer look at our rules. And if you noticed a yes to some of these, it might merit a conversation with God. And don't hesitate to talk to him. His kindness and his gentleness will surprise you. I sometimes start this kind of heart-to-heart conversation with this prayer from Psalm 139. Examine me, O God, and know my heart. Search me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that is heading in the wrong direction and lead me in the way everlasting. So let's conclude this time together by listening to a portion of that letter from Galatians again, but with different ears. This time, try to imagine that this letter has been sent personally to you. It was written just for you by someone who knows you and cares about you, someone you trust, and someone whose words you want to hear. So to do that, it might help you to close your eyes. People are going to be coming up here, and that might be a distraction. Do whatever you can to just to kind of be in the moment and to experience the words of this letter for you personally. My dear friend, have you experienced God working in your life because of your strenuous moral striving Or was it because you simply tried to trust him? After starting your Christian life in the spirit, are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Rule-keeping does not naturally evolve into living by faith, but only perpetuates itself in more rule-keeping. For in Christ, neither your most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion actually amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. What matters is faith expressed in love. And what happens when you live God's way? God brings gifts into your life, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Legalism and rule-keeping is helpless in bringing these good things about. Actually, it only gets in the way. Now, since this is the kind of life you have chosen, the life in the Spirit Make sure that you don't just hold it as an idea in your head or a sentiment in your heart, but work out its implications in every detail of your life. So make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. You are an original. To wrap up, it's not what you do for God. Rule-keeping, trying to meet biblical requirements, following some moral program, none of that matters. It is what God is doing that matters. 
and he's creating a totally new creation. Now, my friend, I pray that you will deeply and personally receive all the blessings that our master, Jesus Christ, gives you.